you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark. Mark chapter 11. Everybody say Mark. Mark. Chapter 11, verse 20. So, by the way, if... So at the end of the service, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to give you a chance. If you want to get baptized today, maybe you came and you're not necessarily ready. Uh, maybe you didn't, you, know, you didn't come prepared. I mean, we have several people that have signed up. Uh, it is okay for you to get baptized. I want you to know that um, you may just be showing up to a service, but God may be meeting you face to face, and may, maybe he's calling you to take that step of faith. Uh, I also want you to know God's ready. Our church is ready. We've been praying for you for eight weeks uh, for the people that will show up. Um, this service is packed. Last service was packed. I mean, God is moving in a huge way. And so uh, we have, we bought extra t-shirts, shorts, towels, uh, whatever you need, okay? I don't want to pressure you to make a decision for Christ, but don't be like me. I waited for so long. When I was an infant, I was baptized. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing then. Then, when I was 12, I, I was baptized because my mom was making that decision, and I wanted to please her. And then I become a pastor long years later, and I never felt like I had actually been baptized of my own will. And so today, in about 15, 20 minutes after I'm done, it's a short message today, um, I want you to know that if, if you've never really gotten baptized because you want to, I want you to know that there's a chance today to make that decision. And I'll explain how that will work. Um, but we are in Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. By the way, next week, we begin a new series called Toxic. Everybody say toxic. toxic. We are living in a, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm kind of tired. I'm sick and tired of the toxic environment that we're living in, uh, whether it's politics, whether it's COVID, whether it's maybe there, there are people in your life that are not good for you. So next week, we're going to begin a conversation about this subject of toxic. Like if you're needing a little personal poison control, if there are toxic relationships in your life, toxic thoughts or thought patterns, toxic um, behaviors that quietly compromise your well-being, Come back next week. We're going to study from God's Word how to recognize those things, those toxins, and how to remove them from our lives. Because the first step is recognizing them. So that's next week, toxic. Um, and bring a friend, invite them, 9.30 or 11. Okay, Mark chapter 11, verse 20. If you are ready to get into God's Word, give me a strong, yes, let's do this. Yes. That's my church. I love you. All right, so... It says this, verse 20. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, by the way, the day is the disciples, the he is Jesus, all right? So they're, they're on this little journey, they're walking, and it says the next morning, as they passed the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots. So let me kind of bring you up to speed. Jesus is coming from a small town called Bethany. And he is on that little journey, just kind of walking. And actually, if you read before this, he's actually headed to the temple. But he, the Bible says, he's hungry. And I think it's interesting that Mark, the guy that writes these, these words, he points out that Jesus, the Savior of the world, if you believe that Jesus is God, you would, you would ask the question, why would the God of the universe, why would the commander of the universe... In all of his power, in all of his omnipotence, why would he have to be hungry? Well, any time, when you read scripture, any time that you see Jesus limited 
limiting himself. Anytime that you see his humanity is to teach you a lesson. Okay? It's because he wants to, he wants to, there is something that he wants to give you. And so Jesus here is not just hungry, he's not just thirsty because, uh, you know, he's, he's, no, 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 he's hungry and he's thirsty because there's a lesson that he wants to teach you that he's teaching his disciples. So he's on his way to the temple, he's hungry, he sees this, this tree, and it's a fig tree, and he goes to see if he can get like a fruit or something from it, some figs or something. And there's nothing. And the Bible says that he looks at the tree and he curses the tree. Now, don't miss this, okay? This is really important. He's cursing the tree as an illustration of what religion is. Okay? Are you with me? So this morning, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to join a denomination. I'm not asking you to to do a bunch of things. This morning, the main subject is faith. And the main thing that God is taught, that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, is this whole idea of faith, not religion. And he's going to use the fig tree as an illustration of what religion is. Everybody good? Are you tracking? Okay, fantastic. So it says this. Because religion, by the way, it can be a very dangerous thing because it's very possible for religion to be very active and like seemingly healthy and busy and yet God be super far away. So... Not religion, relationship. Not religion, faith. That's what we're talking about. Verse 21. Peter, watch this. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed, the very one, has withered and, help me out, and what? And died. So Peter is like blown away. Like, okay, this is the, the tree that you cursed yesterday. It has withered. It has died. It's the only thing that Jesus ever killed here while he was here on earth. Verse 22. Here's the message. Don't miss it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, watch this. Four little words, powerful words. Have faith in God. I want you to say that with me because I want you to retain it. So Peter's like, look, 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 look. What in the world? And then Jesus goes, kind of changing the subject. Like, you, you would, like if you just stopped there, you wouldn't know where he's going. Well, he's going somewhere, okay? But he looks at them and he says, have, help me out, help me out, have what? Faith, Faith in God. God. I want you, man, you guys are doing good. I want you to turn to your neighbor, turn to the person next to you and, and tell him, have faith in God. Tell, turn to the person next to you and tell him, have a little faith in God having faith can be a a challenging thing sometimes you know we're talking about real faith we're not talking about the churchy stuff that you see a lot of times Uh, I'm talking about the faith that Noah had remember the story when he built the ark when he built that big huge boat before it had actually rained it had never rained and God looks at Noah and he says okay I want I want you to build this boat I want you to build this ark and it's going to be the one thing that you need to, to, to be saved, okay? There's rain coming. And for 15 years, he's taking his family and he's building this ark, okay? That's the faith that I'm talking about. Now, you're probably wondering, like, okay, okay. Like, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a story from the Old Testament, from the Bible. But it would be like this, okay? Because this is really crazy. So let me kind of illustrate it to help you understand how crazy faith that Noah had. So imagine that you show up next week and I say, 
I've heard from the Lord. Uh, I, people that say that to me sometimes scare me a little bit, you know, because sometimes they want me to do things. I've heard from the Lord. He told me that he wants you to do this, this, and that. It's like, great. I haven't heard from him about that, okay? So come back to me when I heard from him. But that, that's just another story. So, so, so imagine that I'm, next week, I show up and I tell you, I've heard from the Lord. He told me that, that we're going to take everybody in here and we're going to go to a different planet. And we're going to build this spaceship and I want you to bring your tithe and offerings and you bring your family and you bring your kids and we're going to, we're going to build a spaceship and we're going to get on this spaceship and we're going to go far away. And for years, every week, you come and you build this spaceship. What would you say what would you say, if I, if I said that to you, what would you say? Pastor Alex has gone what? Crazy. Crazy. That's insane. What you, that's what Noah was doing. The flood is coming. Rain is coming. We got to build this ark. And it's like, okay, maybe the first time you would kind of, if there's some sort of relational equity, maybe you believe you know, Noah, but like, like after a while, after year one, like no rain, year two, I mean, I guess God could have at least sent a few drops to show them what rain looked like. But Noah had the faith to be steady. That's the kind of faith, when you study this word, that's the faith. It's crazy faith. It doesn't, at times, doesn't make sense. For some of you today, God is saying, you need to get baptized. And if you don't know what baptism is, let me explain it very simple. Baptism, if you believe, it does not save you, okay? Baptism is just, the way I usually put it is you're putting on the Jesus jersey. What saves you is a relationship with Christ. So if you believe that Jesus died for you, if you believe that God brought him from the dead and and that he's your savior, the Bible Bible says you're saved, you're, you're in. Baptism is sort of putting on the Jesus jersey and what you're saying is you know what I am a Jesus fan I'm not afraid I'm not ashamed of him and I'm going to get baptized to tell the world that I am a believer does that make sense and so so it takes a lot of faith for someone in this room to say you know what I didn't come ready but I really believe I'm a believer and I, I really believe that this is what God is saying to me, not because my mom wants me to do it, not because my spouse, not because of preachers twisting my arm, but I just simply, in my heart of hearts, I want to make a step of faith, and I want, to be, I want to show the world that's the kind of faith that we're talking about here. Now, it's real faith. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Look, look again at the passage real quick and see if you see. I want you to notice what's not there, Okay? Because when Jesus looks at his disciples, he does not say, he does not give them a list of things to do. Did you pick up on that? Like, he does not say, hey, if you're going to follow me, uh, you, need to, you, know, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that, you need to stop watching those movies or wearing that or doing this, you need to stop, you know, you need to get your life right before you can come to me. No, 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 no. Jesus, you, I mean, I've read the whole thing several times. Not once does he say, stop doing this, stop doing that, stop dressing like that, stop behaving this way. You know, before you come to me, I want you a certain way. No. He just says, help me out, have what? Faith in God. Simple words. So when are you supposed to do, have faith? When it's easy? Yes. When it's hard? You better believe it. When life is easy? When, when life is uh, confusing? Yes. 
When you understand everything and there is clarity, yes. The answer is yes, 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 yes. This is how it works, okay? Because this is, I want to kind of illustrate it like this. This is a kind of faith that's not, not out there in la la land, like, oh, you know, this is like a fable sort of. No, no, this is real, authentic, practical faith. So let me illustrate it like this. So I've been shaving my head for about 12, 15 years, okay? So I shave my head probably two, three times um, a week, okay? So I got a lot of practice, all right? For 12 years, shaving my head, but every once in a while, I'll miss a spot, okay? And it's pretty bad, like, especially if it's like, you know, like Sunday morning, and Leah's like, hey, honey, you missed a huge spot over here, and it's like, uh, a few months ago, I missed a spot, because I usually shave in the shower, and it's just quick, it takes a couple of minutes, and I get, get it all done, and I miss a spot, like, right here, and, you know, I have dark hair, and I look like Hitler, and I was like, oh, no, Sunday morning, no, I don't mind making fun of you, you can laugh, it's all good, you can have fun in church, and that's like, oh, I cannot believe I missed that whole, that whole spot, but I, I say that to say this, I shave a lot, I have a lot of practice, but I have, every once in a while, I'll mess up, and so a few months ago, I saw this little mirror, and it's not just a regular mirror, this thing, you can actually, like, when you put it in the shower, it does not get foggy with, like, the, the steam from the shower, if you put some water in this, in the back, so what you do is, you put some warm water, and then you hook it on, and somehow the, the warm water over here kind of warms up the mirror, and it does not allow the condensation to build up, and so the mirror, as long as you have warm water in the back, does not, it just, it's just perfect, and it has changed my life, I'm like, yes, did not know if the thing would actually work or not, and every once in a while, like, like if I don't put the warm water in the back, it'll, it gets all foggy, and it, you know, I can't see a thing, and so I've learned to kind of fill it up, but here's why I say this. Here's the, the lesson. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. L faith is like that. When you have faith in you, like in your heart, when you say, you know what, I am going to believe, I'm going to receive the hope of Christ in me. The world is still going to be crazy. The storms are still going to come to you. But all of a sudden, you have greater clarity. All of a sudden, it, this is the kind of faith that doesn't get you out of the storms. This is the type of faith that gets you through the storms. Does that make sense? And so, so when I don't put water in here, it gets all foggy. And when you don't have faith in your life, sometimes it's difficult to understand. Like you lose yourself. You, you don't have a sense of clarity. And yet when you have faith... It's not like life all over. You know, preachers, sometimes they'll say that, right? Like, you know, if you have faith, come to Christ and everything will get easy. No, no, no. That's not true. You don't see that in the Bible. I mean, you see the disciples. You look at Jesus on the cross. None of that is true. The struggles of life are still going to be there. But you're going to have greater perspective. You're going to have greater clarity. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up. Does that make sense? So we're talking about crazy faith. We're talking about real, practical faith. Now, it says that, Jesus says, have your faith in whom? In God. A lot of us put our faith in ourselves. Nothing wrong with believing in yourself, but if that's all you do, you're going to fall short. And sometimes the world puts a greater emphasis on just that, just believe in yourself, believe in, you know. Well, that's great, and you, do, you should believe in yourself, but what's greater is when you put all of your faith in God alone. Some of us, we, we put our faith in, you know, I know I've done it in our jobs. You know, that brings security. Sometimes we put our faith in, in the money that we have in our bank account or 401K. 
Some people put their faith in who the next president of the United States is going to be. Some of us put our faith in our marriages or in relationships. And what God, what Jesus is saying is have faith in God, not anything else. It's this whole idea of strength versus weaknesses. When life goes down the drain and you feel insecure, you feel weak, you feel like you're not enough, you feel like you can't measure up, when you feel weak, the Bible says that God can provide the strength necessary to, to make it through those. You know, the Bible, there's a verse that says, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. So think of it this way. What, what is the worst thing that has ever happened in humanity? Like, the worst thing that has ever happened in humanity. For me, I, I would say the death of Jesus. You know, probably the most inhumane, probably the most unjust thing. Now think of it this way. What's the best thing that has ever happened to humanity? The death of Jesus. Because he's given us the hope to, to make it through life. And so 2020 may have been a year that's been difficult for some of you, but you don't need to let COVID and the circumstances of your day define who you are. For the 22 people that are getting baptized, some of them already got baptized earlier. Some of them are still getting baptized in a, in a few minutes. For them, 2020 is not about COVID. My prayer is that 2020, they'll remember 2020 as a year where they said, you know what, I finally had the faith to take a step in the right direction. And so I'll say it like this. Let me say it again so you remember. Every setback, listen to it. Every setback is a setup where God is trying to work in you and through you as long as you're a person of faith. So, like, God doesn't care to have perfect pictures. Like, He doesn't want, like, God doesn't even use perfect people. Perfect, well, there's no such thing as that. But God doesn't use perfect pictures, He uses broken people who happen to have faith. Does that make sense? Okay. I hope it does because what happens next, what Jesus does next is he's going to give us a contrast. He's going to show us what a person who does not have faith look like. And I want you to notice this because it can be very confusing. If you're like me, you may think that, oh, if that person's a pastor, if that person's a priest, if that person is a, in a leadership position in a church, you may equate faith with that. And I, I get it, Okay. But I want you to know when you see this that the two can actually be totally separate and you can find yourself doing things for God and yet God be so far away removed. Now, I understand this from a different perspective because I'm in ministry and so I, I know how this happens up close and personal. But I want you to see the, what Jesus does and how he's teaching his disciples because they're like the 12, right? Like, so he's trying to teach them. They were totally different. If you've been following the whole series, you know that this whole movement, it's so real, so much different than the Christianity of today. But it's real because it's away from the temple. It's away from, from Jerusalem was, was the hub of religious activity. And so watch what happens next. In verse 28. So Jesus is on his way to the temple. And um, you have the leading, verse 27, you have the leading uh, priest. You have the elders. You know, these are all like all of your, your people from, all your religious people. Now look in verse 28. It says, they demanded. 
is the priest, this is the elders, these are all, all the people that you would think would be the people of faith. But watch, watch this. They demanded, they come to Jesus and they say, they demand, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the what? Who gave you the right, the rights to do them? See, religion is all about position. Religion is all about the external. Religion is all about looks. Religion is it's all about judging. And so the you would think that the priest and the, the these should be the good people, but no, they come to Jesus, they're so ingrained in their religion. religion the root word means to tie, to bind. And so they come and they say, Well, what authority do you do this? Who do you think you are? And Jesus, of course. You know, they're playing games with him, so they think. But Jesus is the greatest debater. And uh, it's, it's many against one, but Jesus, man, she can twist their mind like a little pretzel. Like, there's nothing, you know. He's debating. They think they're going to get him. And Jesus goes, verse, 20, verse 29, he says, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one little question, and uh, he's about to make fools of them. So like, yeah, 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 you want to know how I do, you, you want to know where, where my position stands? Like, you want to know what authority I have? Yeah, I'll tell you. But, but first, answer this little, little question. Just, I have just one little question for you. And they're like on the edge of their seat. They're wanting to know, like, what, 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 what are you going to ask? What do you want to, like, yeah, yeah. Verse 29, tw- uh, 30, excuse me. Did John, Jesus says, did John's authority to baptize He's asking them a question related to the same question they're asked. They're all, it's all about authority. It's all about who's got control. It's all about who's, who's, you know, who's got the, the greater position. And so Jesus is like, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? Answer me. And he just kind of drops the bomb. Just kind of, And they, it says, verse 31, 32, says, or verse, uh, which one? Uh, they, verse 31, they talked it over among themselves. So they come together and they're saying, if we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. So they're like the, trying to figure out, you know, these are the greatest scholars of the day. These are the theologians, these are the smartest people. These are the, the, the theologians of the day. And, they, and Jesus is just kind of throws them a little, a little question out there and they don't know how to answer and they're like if we say if we say that, that you know this whole thing about John then he's going to follow up and he's going to ask why didn't we believe in John but do we verse 32 but do we dare say it was merely human because remember they're afraid of what people say it's all about the looks right but do we dare say what merely that it was merely human, for they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. The difference between faith and religion, religion is man-made. It's only concerned with what people say, think, how I'm going to look. Faith, the only thing about that faith is concerned with is how can I please my Savior? You're going to see a little bit of movement. Our worship team, you guys come on over. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. And our kids, we're going to have baptisms in a minute, so our kids are going to watch. Uh, let's give it up for the kids, man. I love this. If you have kids, thank you for trusting us with your kids. Um, that's awesome. So let's wrap it up. Verse 33. So they finally replied. 
We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Can you imagine how embarrassing this must have been for them? Here's kind of, if I can put it on one line, I'll say it like this. Faith has the potential to to give you so much more than you can dream of. To give you unlimited potential here today. Like a lot of times people think that faith is for the future, like fire insurance, like if I don't want to go to hell, like if I want to go to heaven, like I'm going to give my life to Christ. But I want you to know the faith that Jesus is talking about, like when he tells his disciples, have faith in God, I want you to know that was faith that they needed in that very moment. And I think the message is the same for you today because you're dealing with some things. It may be that your mom or dad, they have cancer. It may be that so-and-so, man, they're they're struggling financially. I mean, it may be the stress of work, the stress of COVID, the stress of life, relationships. Life is messy. And the message that God has for you today is have faith in God. Not the fable kind of faith, but the faith that it's a little crazy, like Noah. The faith that is actually real, that it actually makes, that, that it makes sense, that it's like the, the warm water in here when it's in me, it doesn't get me out of the storms, it just gets me through the storm. I have strength, I have peace, the world is going like crazy, but I can be steady, I can have clarity because I know my purpose, I know who I am in Christ. We're talking about real faith, not religion. So don't come to me after the service and tell me, ask me, how am I going to join the church? Because that's not what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to believe in a big God. And when you can't make the next sale, when you can't make the next deal, when you need to take a step in faith because God is telling you to do it, not because the preacher says it, the message is have faith. Have faith. It's simple. It's as simple as you sitting on those chairs. When you came in, you did not analyze whether those chairs were going to hold you up. No, you just sat down. It's as practical as the rest that you're receiving from it. Get it? It's simple. It's real. It's a little crazy at times. Because you don't know what's, um, you know, it's like you're just trying to see what's right around the corner. And you just cannot see God is saying, just have a little faith in me. Just have a little faith. In 1798, there was a a man named Conrad Reeb. He was fishing. And I found this rock, 17-pound rock, and took it home. He, He liked it, didn't think anything of it, but he took the rock and put it and used it as a doorstop. And for three years, that rock just sat there. And about three years later, his dad, John Reed, looks at it and says, you know what, I think that rock is a little bit more than just a rock. Let me have it looked at. And he had it looked at, and this was a 17-pound lump of gold. Imagine that, pure gold. It was worth, at the time, $3,600. 
Now, how many of you could use a little 17-pound little, little rock of just, just gold? Just raise your hand, yeah. For three years, for three years, that rock just sat there. They were using it as a, as a doorstop. Until his dad picked it up and was like, oh, I think there's more to this. In, in, in our world today, it would be $88,000 just to do the math, okay? We're talking about 1800 so it's been a while, right, with inflation and all that. Faith is like that rock. It's a gift that God gives you. And for many of us, we're using it as a, as a doorstop. I mean, that family, they could have, I mean, they could have, their, their whole livelihood could have been changed, radically changed. The, the quality of their lives could have improved if they would have picked it up, if they would have known what they had. And so when Jesus look at, looks at his disciples and he says, have a little faith. And when he looks at you and he says, you know what? That decision that you need to make, that move that you need to make, that deal that, you have to, that you're worried about and you have anxiety over, you know what? I'm the God of the universe. I am the commander of, the, of this, this thing that we call earth. And you're my child. Just have a little bit of faith. Don't use it as a crutch. Don't use it as a doorstop just have a little faith and so with heads bowed and eyes closed I just want to ask you a couple of questions will you have the faith to rest like you're resting on that chair will you have the faith to rest on his promises Will you have the faith to forgive? Will you have the faith to pray? There's been times in my life when I couldn't even pray. And as a pastor, I'm just telling you, like, I just, I was so angry. I was so bitter at different situations. I couldn't even say a prayer. Will you have the faith not to give up? but to keep going and to move forward. Will you have the faith to stay? Some people think that faith is all about the next step, moving on, the next job, the next thing, the, you know, what, what comes. No, 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 no. Sometimes faith, sometimes it takes greater faith to just stay. Stay in the same church. Stay in the same job. Stay in the same marriage, sometimes staying actually can be more difficult than moving on. So will you have the faith to lead, to discipline your kids, to love them, to make the phone call? Pastor, I don't make me, no, I'm not making you, but is God asking you to write the letter? Is he asking you? It's not church, churchy faith. This is the real deal. At times can be painful. At times, it, it's the unknown. But will you? Will you have the faith to step forward and say, you know what, I'm going to get baptized. I didn't bring anything, but I'm going to trust that, that God's got me. And you know what, they said that they had t-shirts and, and, and shorts and towels. So I'm going to take a step of faith today. And I'm going to say yes to my Savior. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody stand up. Stand up. With heads bowed and eyes closed, everybody stand up, stand up, stand up. Many of you are going to make a decision for Christ. 
So here's what I'm going to do with heads bowed and eyes closed. Just, just a little time of self-reflection right now. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray when I say amen. If you want to get baptized today, whether you can prepare it or not, I'm going to, we're all going to move to my left, your right, out those doors. We're going to have a bunch of volunteers there to clap for you, to welcome you. The Bible says the heaven is rejoicing. The Bible says the heaven is throwing a party on your behalf. And so I'm going to pray for you. And if you want to make that decision, as soon as I say amen, you move. Now I'm just curious, is there anyone in the room who will say, Pastor, pray for me with all heads bowed and eyes closed. If there's anyone in the room who will say, Pastor, by raising your hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to have that kind of faith. Yeah, hands going all over the place. Pastor, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of doubting. I'm tired of, of just going in the opposite direction. God sees your heart. He sees your hand. Anyone else? Would you raise it all over the room? God, you are greater than our greatest mess. And you will use our junk and our baggage. Just like John told his story, you will use it for your kingdom. Because somehow you, lo- you love to use our setbacks as setups to get your will accomplished, to work in us and through us what all can, can only be done because of you. And so today we surrender, God, and we rejoice and we say thank you for using us. Thank you that it's not over. And so today we move, God, our hearts move and we pray and we ask that you would infiltrate our minds and hearts like never before. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those people that are going to get baptized this morning. You come if this is what God's put in your heart. Come on, church. Let's give it up for everybody.